Hello and welcome to the premiere podcast of Negligent Discharge. I am here with my friend Jay from Vanishing Gates. Hello, Jay. How are we doing? How is everything? Hello, Dave. How are you today? Wonderful. So, this is your like first the first episode. Absolutely, of first discharge. Yes, first episode, premiere episode, a pilot. A pilot, if you will. Okay, so now we've been talking about you doing this podcast for a hot minute. Yeah, about two, two and a half years ever since you started Vanishing Gates. I started Vanishing Gates a lot longer ago than that, buddy. <laughs> You're looking at more like six years. Well, ever <laughs> since I first learned about it. Anyway. Seven years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's... uh Let's spin things around, being that I'm your guest. I want to interview you for your first show. Oh, this ought to be fun. Let's go for it. Should be. So, Dave, tell the people a bit about yourself. Oh, man, there is so much. It's a laundry list. I mean, we have a psych handy to go through all this bullshit we're about to lay down? I mean, I did study like six years of psychology, but I don't think we need to delve that deep just yet. Oh, okay. Well, as long as. I just feel like. We should just get a, a bit of Dave's personality, and I'll just kind of pick questions from there to try to delve a little deeper and give the audience a little bit of what they have in store with negligent discharge. Well, sounds good. You've known me for quite a while, so you clearly know that I'm brutally honest, blunt, straightforward. Basically, an asshole don't really give a much of a shit about your feelings. I just kind of say what I feel or what I'm thinking at any given moment. Yeah, so tell us a bit about your childhood, Dave. Oh, that's great. Let's see. Let's start with the... Uh, <laughs> my real father abandoned me when I was five, left me with a whole bunch of fucking issues. My adopted dad raised me, and he hated. I hated him for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I had a pretty good childhood, actually. It wasn't all that terrible. Grew up like, you know, every celebrity talks about, but doesn't really believe. They, you know, poor macaroni and cheese and hot dogs on a special night. Uh, my mom worked two jobs along with my dad. I would get free Little Caesars pizza on Friday night when somebody didn't pick up their order and she, my mom had closed the store. So that was always a treat. Talk about your surprise toppings. You never knew what you are getting until you opened a box. Holy, holy shit, talk about your white privilege. You are blessed, young man. <laughs> yeah, such privilege. <laughs> Cold pizza on a Friday so, night after closing. Now, how, how was school for you? Um, Hand-me-down clothes, beat up a lot, learned how to take a punch really early in life. It really helps. The bullies loved fucking with me. Now, that's ironic, but we'll get to why that's ironic later. <laughs> I think that feeds into why it's ironic. <laughs> so... That was what, elementary school through grade, like junior high, or was that all the way through high school? So it was all the way through high school. Uh, I'll give you a, a story from high school. Uh, I tried out for football uh, one year in my freshman year of high school, and I must have done terribly because, like, I didn't tell, I told my parents I was going to try out, but they didn't like it. And they were mad because they didn't have the gas to come pick my ass up. Uh, so I tried out, and I gave it the college try. I did my damnedest. And 
at the end of the tryout, they were like, oh, we only have like one spot and uh, sorry, you didn't make the cut. And the guy who did, I swear to God, he only had one arm, like one busted chicken wing of an arm on one side and a fucking regular arm. And they chose him over me. And it was like just world crushing. It was like, well, yeah, we want the so, defect over you because you're that terrible. <laughs> the defect. Oh, man. Bro, affirmative action, hard at work. So. Oh, it was, it was, it was so, it was soul, soul crushing. And believe it or not, to this day, like, I think that plays a lot of into my role. Like, I fucking hate sports. I really, really hate sports. Well, not all sports, but we'll touch base on that later. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from your severe anger towards handicapped people uh, <laughs> no fault of that kid's own his parents were the ones that did the methamphetamines not him right so, it, it's not his fault but everything after was definitely his fault fuck that guy i don't care that poor guy imagine how tough he is to have a coat hanger for nine months <laughs> barely getting winged <laughs> so after high school, where did you go from there? I heard a story that you may have, may or may not have enlisted in the armed forces. Right. So a lot of my high school was a, a blur because I wasn't exactly popular. And uh, my parents instilled in me a strong work ethic. So I would, like, deliver newspapers with my mom and dad all through high school and then go to school and then sleep till it was time to deliver papers again. It became this repetitive cycle. And about, like, my junior year, I got really heavy into uh, uppers, no-dos, you know, jolt cola, that starts it. And then it's like, hey, um, what do you think about cocaine? And it's like, let's fucking do it. Jolt cola is a gateway drug? (laughs) No, jolt cola is not a gateway drug, but I was the retard (laughs) that (laughs) I took it a step further. And I was like, you know what? Jolt cola and no-dos is working, but I need something more powerful. So I started doing like cocaine. Oh yeah. Cocaine was like the shit. And then it was like a blur of different pills and methamphetamines and all kinds of shit. I repeated 11th grade year because like my days blended into each other. And, uh, so I, maybe you didn't repeat it. Maybe you just groundhogs did the fuck out of that. <laughs> it's quite possible. So then I graduated high school in 2000. It actually should have been 99. Um, but due to my habitual drug use, there was a hiccup in my career. And then <laughs> I went into, uh, on my own, I had a fucking blow up my parents and I got thrown out of the house and I was living out of my car and, I find myself still traveling the dark, dirty roads of narcotics until I called somebody to actually come get me because I was like 30 seconds from banging a needle in my arm and booting heroin. And I was like, I got to get the fuck out of this area ASAP and fucking away from everything. So I joined the military. Um, I told them I was going to bomb my fucking piss test. I was like, I needed to get out of here. They wavered the shit out of me and put me in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and I dried out through basic and AIT, and it was like the worst part of my life ever. I fucking hurt every day. I just just fucking dope sick and just crushed. And it was probably the smallest I've ever been, too, because I grew up like really healthy, so I was a fat kid. And uh, 
basic and IT really cut the fat off of me along with it. Like the drug use was probably a really big help. And I actually made it and I got in, I was in some kind of a shape that wasn't a sloppy mess. And then I proceeded to continue my life clean on the idea of like, I'm done with all that bullshit. And then I come back to this area. I'm not in the drugs. I make amends with my parents. Everything's good. Me and my dad, we bridge our gaps. We cross our T's, dot our I's, shake hands, drink beers, and we're cool. And then, bam, off to Iraq I go from 03, from the end of 03 to 05. And then I start my other career path, which I would love to talk about, but I can't due to possible terminable reasons. Well, well we, we might touch base on that in a very uh, very small way, but let's reel it back a little bit. So where did you grow up when you were involved in the, the drug issues? Okay, so my parents fucking had, uh, they worked their asses off. Two jobs, each of them, like day shift, night shift, and they raised me and my two sisters up on like less than $25,000 a year altogether. And we moved from Harvey's, from Harvey's Lake, where I grew up at, to the one side of Harvey's Lake, which is where I grew up at, and then into the trailer hood, because like, the, the decline was just there. Typical white trash family, just fucking nosediving through the, through the levels. And so, okay, I, so to clarify on a broader spectrum, though, not to cut you off too much, I'm in California. So what state was this you were going through? Because I don't know anything about that region. Oh, that I, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I live in Pennsylvania. Okay. So what I what I mean to bring that up is I'm gathering you were trying to leave a life of drug addiction. So you left Pennsylvania and the army sent you to fucking Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. It was fucking terrible. There's and nothing there. And you were there. still able to kick the habit? You, you are a... Well, there's a lot of methamphetamine. I mean, the only worst place to could have sent you is Kentucky or here. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a lot of. I didn't have a lot of hookups in Oklahoma. They they weren't really too keen on helping helping me out on my addiction. It well, was you more really looking at off base shit anyway. Like you could have got off in base if you wish. Yeah, no, I, I was square up your asshole. Yeah, I was probably one of the last. Uh, I'm last of a dying breed in the military, where the drill sergeants would actually beat the fuck out of you when you got out of line. There was none of this yeah, pussy ass fucking stress card and my feelers and I identify as they them or bullshit nonsense. It was like they yeah. they they did a lot for me, and which is really crazy. Because I fucking hate authority. I hate authority figures. I think I, I, it drives me fucking crazy. But it and instilled now a in bunch a weird of kind of way. It instilled a whole bunch of values in me, and it was actually like one of the best things that I could have ever done for myself. Well, the military is great for people. Listen, I had it is. I had a great experience with the military. There's a lot of bad shit that comes with it, but I can remember more good. Than I can bad. I honest to God. Well, I made a lot of great friends, know, a lot of great fa- uh, uh, brotherhood, um, father type figures that like help bring me through the ranks, and instilled a lot of values that are missing today. If that well, were, if that it makes also sense. Helped it. Yeah, no, and it also helps that you weren't a female or minority soldier at Fort Hood. So, you know, I mean, you didn't end up in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. So. Questionable circumstances. So oddly enough, none of that shit. (laughs) 
Like, it's not odd at all, actually. Let me reel that back. It's not odd at all. None of that shit mattered. Like, in the military, like, when like when was the military and not this shit that we have today, it didn't matter if you were black, white, brown, yellow, Eskimo, whatever you want to call it, male, female. It was just, you're a piece of shit, and this is what it is. You're here to do a fucking job, and I'm going to make you do that job, and I'm going to learn you because at some point throughout your life... People are going to depend on you, and I'm going to make sure that you are ready for them to be de- dependent upon you. And it's about... Well, yeah, and depend the, on each other. Yeah, it's about the guy or girl next to you on either side. And they need to understand that you have their back, and they have your back. And it's, it was, honest to God, one of the best things that, that I ever experienced. And it like it's a real sense of belonging. Like, all the beating down and the nonsense that goes on with the military that people are like, oh, that's so terrible. Well, there's a larger picture involved with making you that supportive member that you can be dependent on to, to do your job and everybody else can be dependent on to do their job and it brings you together and makes you more cohesive. And it, it's, it's honest to God, an entire unit that works together. It's It's... It's amazing in all reality. Yeah, I mean, we've talked quite a bit. You know that I'm really pro-military. My dad was a ranger and stuff, and his dad served, and his da- and my mom's dad served, and my cousin served. Um, me, I didn't for health reasons. Uh, I know everybody says that that doesn't serve, but it's different when you have a seizure and there's a flashing light in front of you and you're supposed to be holding a gun in combat. So let's move forward a little bit to Iraq. Oh, goody. Because we went there. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you were, what was your main MO? We talked about the MLS a little bit at the beginning. So, and why don't you explain what the term even means to the rest of the civvies out here? So, my MOS, which is uh, military oriented specialization, um, I, I'm probably wrong. I've been out so long, I, I can't fucking remember certain shit. I started off as artillery cannon crew member. 13 Bravo, and I stayed that way. Um, in 2003, through training uh, before deployment, they reclassified uh, me and my unit and attached us to an MP unit and uh, designated us at 31 Bravo, which is like, it's like a combat, urban operations, like some designation for the MP. I'm not 100% sure on the accuracy. And... Uh, I was attacked when they sent us to Iraq. We were attached to the 89th MP Brigade in uh, Sadr City from uh, then Camp Mule Skinner, which then became Camp Cuervo. And I lost track after I came home and made us the security forces for the uh, Sadr City area, which is like millions of Muslims that don't get along in this fucking little ass section of Baghdad where they just hate each other and they fucking hate you. And there's more than one kind of Muslim for the folks who have never been involved with the Muslim community at all, uh, especially overseas. Some folks, now the average Joe um, on the ground down there from what I've gathered, most of them do not hate us. But the deeply religious types, they're very uncomfortable around us. So, or they want to run at you with, you know, so guns. So it's, it's, it's basically one of these things where, like, 
to the extremists, to, to, to the ones that live, breathe, eat, sleep, the Quran, the words of the Prophet Muhammad and everything else, they absolutely believe at the very core that we, anyone from the Western culture is the devil and that they need to kill us. For your basic, regular, yeah. run-of-the-mill Islamic believer, like, they don't hate us, they don't agree, but they don't want to kill us. There's like, it, it's, it's kind of like... Here in the States, you have, like, your Christians. You have your Baptists, your Protestants. And then you have all them, like, fucking weirdo cults that, like, nobody wants any part of or to lay claim through. That, like... Yeah, like the, the guys the, that stand out in front of the... The Jim, the Jim Joneses and, and the fucking drink the Kool-Aid guys. Yeah, like, so it's not just here. Like, this shit goes on worldwide. It's just... Everywhere. We're talking yeah. about a, we're talking it's about a fucking human degree. nature. Right. We're talking about a degree. Like where there's power to be grabbed, people will grab it. And where there's retards to be led, the retards will follow. Oh yeah. No, that's just how it is. And people are when they're easily susceptible to things, they get hyper emotional, especially when it becomes a religious issue. We're an emotional creature. So Well now, here's, here, when you're over the, there. Here's the biggest problem, right? Anybody uh -huh. with an idea. Okay, anybody with an idea can grow the idea. You can alter the idea, you can change the idea, you can have input on an idea, and you could ultimately change the idea. And a, a lot of people have ideas, and you can do or say something to alter and change the path of the idea. The problem is that when you believe, believe in something, it's the beliefs that are the problem. It's when you're indoctrinated and fed and grown and groomed and you have this core belief, you, you can't change beliefs. You can't, it's never going to happen no matter what. Like, it's plain and simple. You believe the sky's blue, no one's ever going to change your mind. It, it can't be done. It, it, you'll, you'll fight that aspect. And, it, and that's, the thing is, it's that these are beliefs. They're People have these beliefs, and you cannot change them no matter what you do, no matter what you show them. It just is exactly what it is. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Not wrong at all there. It's uh, it's interesting because I had a, my cousin who was an MP. He was actually at Abu Ghraib before the whole bullshit went down. Uh, and he was invited to many weddings just because he was friendly to people and they were friendly back because you know, the people that weren't super into it were like, you know, we're just humans. You know, he was able to speak to them. They could speak to him. It was mutual respect. I mean, that was a, that was you know, a different time frame, not by much. It was around the same time, but still different. Things were a little off. <laughs> you were in a different part than he was. Well, so when that you, also probably it is regional issue too. So right, it, it it comes down to region. It comes down to dialect. It comes down to sect. It comes down to tribe. It comes down to like it's it, it's like similar to gang culture when you really think about it, because it's like where you grew up, what block you're on, what you represent, the flag you're flying, the color, the the, the, the language you speak. It's all yeah. relative. Like, it's not a here or there thing. It's not an us or them. It's not a they. It's, it's just, it's a world thing. You know, it's like, yeah. when, when, it's like if you're in China, you have the different types of monks. Or when you go to, um, what else is there? You got the Chinese, you have the monks. 
uh, Native Americans, different tribes. It's 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 all this. It's all relative. Well, yeah, it's tribalism in general, and that's just part of human nature. We've we've been that way since we started gathering together in caves. You know what I mean? If you believe that part of life, I, the history. That, why would I not believe it? It's, it's, there's there's science behind it. There's factual evidence. Well, I just have to be more open minded. Okay, this is your show, not mine. I'm just the interviewer <laughs> for you. <laughs> I have to be a little more nonplus with things when I do my my side of things, bud, because my show is a little more uh, yes. less straightforward. So that's the other thing too. Like while we're on the subject, there is like I. Don't give a shit about feelings. Like, you can agree, you can disagree. I don't care. That's the point of conversation. It's an exchange of opinions and ideas. And when people want to get upset or pissed off or, like, they don't agree with you and you get that, oh, you're a racist or you're a bigot and just because, what, I disagree with you? Like, fuck you. Cry to somebody who cares. Again, like you said, military. So that means I fought to defend the Constitution of the United States. So, therefore, I believe and I sweat and I bled for the fucking First Amendment right of your Bill of Rights to express yourself as freely as possible. And nobody, nobody can take that away from you. Well, yeah, I mean, unless you let them. <laughs> right, unless you let them. Like, so as far as I'm that- concerned, like, fuck you, cancel culture. Fuck you, they, thems. Fuck you, pussies. Fuck all you people that want to talk about things with your feelings. I don't give a shit. Come at me. Cancel me. See if I care. Well, it's a thing, too. Like, we used to be able to have discourse, conversations with people that don't agree with you. I have friends that are on the polar opposite spectrum of everything that I am, but we still have to respect for each other where we'll talk. And both parts make decent points. I'm just usually more correct than they are because I'm not retarded. So (laughs) (laughs) leading up to this, I don't want to touch too much on this current career that you have because of, you know, uh, you know, reasons that we can't disclose at the moment. I know what you do, but you basically work in a place of authority where you have to deal with people that are absolute pieces of shit on a daily basis. It's not fast food. It's strangely enough. Yeah, it's not you don't manage a McDonald's. So, so it's how do you cope with the day to day of dealing with bags of shit that you can't just punch in the neck unless they give you a reason to. So it's it's just one of these things. Like even though they're shitty, or you don't agree or don't like, it's they're still people. And as fucking terrible as that sounds, and for as much as I I don't think that a lot of them are people, the reality is they are. And you just treat them accordingly until you can't. And I fucking hate authority. It's the weirdest thing. I I can't stand. Like, it drives me absolute fucking crazy because, like, my entire life I grew up, like, I just hate fucking authority, police, politics, Military. I was anti, like growing up, I was anti cop, anti military, anti fucking authority, anti totalitarianism, like just all this fucking stuff because I was young and I was fucking stupid. And you have to have order to the chaos. There's no way around it. There has to be an order to the chaos. But the problem and so, is. To clarify, because people will take this out of context. Fucking let them. What em. you're saying is you used to be anti cop 
anti-military. Right, because, like, let's, let's fucking be real. You are no longer anti-cop and anti-military. Right, Let's be because let's be real. I've established this. I joined the military, and I learned a lot yeah. of things. I had established things. I got structure, discipline. I learned things that people are lacking today, like personal responsibility and integrity. And through, like I said, there has to be an order to chaos. You can't just have this no authority bullshit. It doesn't work that way. There has to be a hierarchy. There has to be a system of checks and balances. And a lot of the problem is like, especially nowadays, is that there's no checks on the balance. It's just do what I say because I fucking said so. The hypocrisy is at an all-time high. You have politicians that want to tell you how you should live your life, but they don't want to lead by example. It's all this leading by do what I say, not as I do bullshit, and I don't fucking agree with that. So in a, in a lot of sense, I'm still anti-authority, but it's a different spectrum. It's this anti-authority on, listen, if you're going to hold me to a standard, I'm going to hold you to the same standard. You better fucking hold that standard as well as I do. You better exceed the standard if you're in a leadership position. You better be better than I am. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, absolutely. That's the problem that most of us have with the people that are in government today is they're a bunch of pieces of shit who probably sniff children and don't give a fuck about the American people in our country, you know, like, or any other country for that matter, because we're all over the place. But, you know, to clarify, yeah, politicians in general seem to be just big pieces of shit. And, and that's the thing, too, is like anything anymore, like it's all about like everyone's all about themselves. There, there's this this brotherhood of looking out for your fellow man that's like just gone away, gone by the wayside. Nobody cares. And and again, we're talking like there's this whole entity of this cancel culture plaguing this country. Where if I don't like what you say, I'm just gonna yell and scream and stomp my feet and throw a fit until everybody gets on my side and listens to me. And it's like, why? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, it's it's incredibly frustrating. I my show, which is pretty middle of the road in general. I mean, we make some off humor jokes here. I've had half of my stuff removed off of YouTube in the past without any warning. It was just gone. And then one day I get a, uh, a message, uh, your stuff was, you know, violating standards or somebody complained or something. See, it's and just, that's the other fucked up part too, is like, there's all these fucking people out there with the idea that like you have to meet what they hold as standards. Like they don't, they want to infringe on your rights and it's like, well, you can't say this because I said you can't. It might hurt this group's fucking feelings. Last I checked, like, real life, real world, and the everyday common person doesn't fucking care about your feelings. Like, this is exactly what it is. You are here to do something. Like, if you're employed at McDonald's, right, the McDonald's manager doesn't give a shit that, oh, some customer hurt your feelings. You have a job to do. I'm not on the side where the customer's always right because sometimes the customers are fucking dickbags. But yeah, you need to separate that and be like, listen, it's just a fucking job. And if you don't like fucking serving french fries and burgers to fucking dickbags, well, guess what? Go find another job. Educate yourself. Pull yourself out of it. Get better. I grew up fucking poor. I, I'm not going to sit here and cry about all the shit that I didn't have. I'm going to go and make something myself and have and get what I want and work for it. Fuck the feeling aspect. Fuck that cancel culture nonsense. Fuck all these people that think you have to live by how they feel. No, I, I don't. I don't have to I don't have to do none of that. I'm living my life, not yours. If you don't feed me, fuck me or feed or, or pay me, you don't fucking matter. 
Yeah. That's, that's a, it's a big deal there. It's the way things are going is kind of sad and, and pussified. So I want to move on to the next question for you yeah, that I have I'm, as I'm interviewing you on your inaugural show. Which is great, by the way. I'm actually <laughs> loving it. So I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> I'm more used to this than you are, and I'm just kind of wingballing it. So what are some things that you – where directions would you like to see this show go? Like what kind of people do you want to have on as guests? I could see a big um, – personally, just knowing you – I could see a big draw for folks that were, you know, ex-military, want to be on and have conversations and not shit on by people that don't know where they're coming from. Maybe some Leos, some civilians, you know, just knowing you as a person, even some game designers and shit that are just not, they're fed up with the politics of it. And they just want to talk shit. So where do you, what direction do you want to see this show go in the next few years? So I'm, I, 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 I thought this out and I talked to you about it on a lot of occasions and about, how I think and how I feel and stuff like that. And like I said, a conversation and, and communication, it's an open forum discussion. You can change ideas. You can't change beliefs. So I actually have like a large group of friends that I have. We've already talked about it at length and we all have aliases for doing this uh, uh, show. But outside of those individuals and us just being who we are, um, I welcome anybody, honestly. Like, anyone who wants to come on here and just have a conversation, I'm okay with it. I want this to go beyond the scope of the everyday podcasts and nonsense that you see every day. I don't want to be a guest on somebody else's podcast. I want people to want to be a guest on my podcast. I want I want the guests to have as much input as I do. I don't want to be... Joe Rogan, for example, I want him to call me and say, yo, I want to come and fucking hang out and bullshit and drink and talk with you because it's unscripted, it's unedited, it's real, it's actual people, not this fucking dickbag standing in a booth going, oh, don't say that, you can't talk about that. I want people to be able to be who they are, be themselves, and discuss everything openly so that it's not just one-sided, so that it's all sides. Yeah. That's a good way to view it, I think. Like, I mean, listen. obviously if, you're going to have to wing it, but... If, 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 if this becomes successful and people like it, I'm going to continue to do it. If it becomes one of these things where people enjoy listening to the ramblings of me, my friends, and every other person that wants to be on here, I'm going to keep doing it. If it becomes this thing where it generates income, I'm still going to keep doing it. To me, it's about the art of conversation versus the art of jamming my point of view across. It's, it's not about, I'm going to say this because my sponsors want me to, it's going to be, this is what I'm doing because I work for myself. This is what I'm doing because I want people to have that comfort in expressing themselves the same way. I have no limits and no censorship as far as conversations. I will talk about everything with anyone at any time just to have a good conversation. As long as you can walk away from it at the end of the day and be like, you know what? 
I like it. I'm okay with it. I respect your point of view. I respect your ideas. I am good all the way around. <clears throat> I think that's a, a very adult way to approach it. I mean, I am a giant man-child, so, I mean, we'll see how far it goes before I throw a temper tantrum. Before you lose your shit and tell somebody to fuck off. Right. Now, listen, there's going it, to, it's probably going to get heated because even in, like, everyday conversations with my normal friends, like, we get into arguments or discussions, and it's not because, like, I want to be right over somebody else. It's passion, I think, is what is missing from conversation. I think the idea of being passionate about things is gone, and I, I want to keep that. I like the idea of being passionate for what you believe and what you stand in and exploring that and expressing it with the world. Are you sure passion is the right word and not, like, grown up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Passion is part of the reason we have a lot of problems, Dave. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not talking about, like, on the feelings of emotional side. I mean something that you hold to. Like, like you, with your show, with The Vanishing Gates, like, all that stuff that you discuss in your show, you're very passionate about it. You, 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 you enjoy it. You enjoy hearing everything about everything you discuss in your show. I'm, I'm passionate about learning things and getting people's point of view. I'm not it, passionate about the topics per se. I'm passionate about how I approach the ideas that other people would be interested in. I'm passionate in delving in deeper to things that are less stressful to the world. Exactly. And that are more fun to talk about. I'm passionate about conversation. I love the exchange of ideas and opinions. I love to hear what other people have to say. I love to hear the ideas that people have or the thoughts or how they perceive things. I like the idea that like everything in this world is not black or white, that there is this giant gray area and a very, very large picture that we live in that most people don't really stop and look at and discuss. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be good too, if people could just get over their emotions at the end of the conversation, come to some kind of mutual idea. And at the end of the day, still shake hands. We used to get in fights in the church parking lot after school, and then we were buddies the next day. And now it's like you can't do that anymore. Right. See, that's, that's, that's like one of the other things. I'm like, like when I grew up, like my dad, he always taught me. He goes, you never, ever start a fight. He goes, you avoid it when you can. But there's a time to stop avoiding it, and you better finish it. Yeah. There's you got to there, get through it, and then who knows about the next day. There's, there's, right, and he's, he's like, you don't carry that with you. There's a lot of people that never had that lesson where, like, you handle it. You, you take care of it then and there when you can, and you avoid everything else if necessary. You don't go looking for trouble, but when trouble comes, don't run from it. Does that, does that make some kind of sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes perfect sense. Like, so, a, like I said, if I was, you were to have, go ahead, go for it, go for it. Okay. So like I said earlier, like my grew up, right. Being bullied in school and stuff like that. I was actually picked on a lot because again, my parents didn't have a lot of money. So I wore a lot of hand-me-down type stuff 
to school. I didn't have the best clothes, the best shoes. Like, I was always on sale, Salvation Army, whatever the case may be. But my parents always made sure that I had clothes. They always made sure that I was fed. They always made sure there was a roof over my head. So people forget and they don't understand that, like, in school, kids can be very mean when left to their own devices and can do and say things without the proper coaching, learning, and structure. My dad had said to me, he go, and it was like kids were bothering me at school. And my dad's like, well, what's the matter? And I was like, the kids are picking on me. And my dad's like, listen, he goes, let the kids say whatever they say. Words don't hurt. You learn from it. You move on from it. He goes, but if one of those kids decides to take it a step further and put their hands on you, you put your hands on them. And I was like, but I'm going to get in trouble, this, that, and the other. And my dad's like, listen. He goes, if you do the right thing and you did not start the fight and you did not throw the first punch and you are defending yourself, I will support you, I will back you, and I will fight for you. And I have taken that with me my entire life, that my dad, as long as I was doing what I was supposed to, as long as I took his lessons that he handed me and that he gave to me, I followed that. And it stayed with me. And I teach my son that. And I, I, I don't believe in violence, but sometimes violence is no, is, is no other option. Well, yeah, sometimes it's the only language the enemy understands is violence. You, you can try to be diplomatic as much as possible, but sometimes diplomacy, when it fails, the next step up is good men skilled at violence. You know, that's just how it works just in the pecking order of life. Right? To what you were talking about a second ago, my kids get a bully. I tell them, hey, you know, words, you, you shrug off. Come up with a funnier retort. Use your brain. Play chess, not checkers. But the second they touch you, you destroy them. Right. There's a reason you go get training. And then I will go to the school and tell the school directly. And I have on numerous occasions when there's been a bully that started to get physically aggressive. I said, hey, um, if this kid hurts my kid, that kid's going to the ER and I'm going to take my kid to ice cream right. before my lawyer calls you. Like, that's it. Like, they'll be in more trouble with me if they don't defend themselves. I don't send my kids to train to be victims. I'm not raising victims. I'm raising warriors. Right. You have to be able to stand on your own two feet. You have to be able to have some sense of person, of who you are. I, I, I strongly believe exactly. in the idea of personal responsibility. And a lot of people don't yeah. have that personal responsibility. They don't take ownership for things and it's always somebody else or their fault or it's this or it's that or and it's just if I can produce and 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 grow a productive member of society and be that pillar and support for those around them I, I I'm doing a good job I, I I firmly believe that good morals I good values personal responsibility and integrity like that is the makings of a decent, not perfect, because nobody's perfect, but decent human. I like being. to go with, I like to go with questionable but decent morals. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows That's we all have those. Point. So it's like to that point. It's when you see these people that are like trying to carjack somebody and they get shot, and the family's out. They didn't have to shoot him. It was just a car. Well. I care more about my personal property than I care about your life. If you're trying to point a gun at me, sorry. 
Right. Well, yes, I do care more about this car than I care about your shitbag your brother. Like, I'm sorry. He should have been shot. <laughs> and, and that's, and that's it, too. It. Like, people people want to get all sideways over over stuff like that. Like, guess what? If they weren't doing what they weren't supposed to, that wouldn't have happened. Dude, we got these wife-beater, trailer park, tonky, meth addict bastards running around here in rice rockets just breaking into shit, stealing catalytic converters, skinny little white boys missing half their teeth that they had half them in the first place. Their baby's mom is seven months pregnant, smoking Paul Malls and drinking 40s of liquor. These fuck asses will pick a fight with the, go- the co- a gunfight with the cops, and the bitch will be like, why did they hurt my baby daddy? Well, you called him because he was beating the shit out of you. See, and and then, then he pulled a gun on the cop. <laughs> what the fuck did you think was going to happen? See, and there, and, there, and, there, fucking... and there again is the, the personal responsibility aspect. Like if you had some personal responsibility about yourself and you took things the way you, you if you had better upbringing, you wouldn't be in that situation. Like, Dude, and, and we have so many kids now that are scared of cops. There's no reason like, to be. There's no. no reason to be afraid of a cop ever. Like, unless you're wrong or you're doing shit wrong. Like, if you're following the rules, like, of life, wh- wh- why the fuck are you afraid of a cop? I have said to numerous people, like, I've said, if you fo- there are three rules that you are given in kindergarten. If you follow them, you will never, ever have a problem. I promise you, if you follow these three rules in kindergarten, you will never, ever, ever end up in jail or on the wrong side of the law. And it's, it, it's worked every time. It, it's keep your hands to yourself. Don't take shit don't belong to you. And don't push it up your nose. You follow that, you're golden. <laughs> what if you have a booger? You well, gotta really uh, reach up there. Well, your finger is your finger, but it's not shit unless you're picking your ass. Well, okay, if you're putting shit up your nose, then you probably need to be seen or you're in a German film. I, I'm just saying. Right, but obviously... There's as a, definitely a porn for that, Dave. As, as, as an individual as still as yourself, putting shit up your nose, you obviously understand it to be drugs. Oh, well, yeah, I know. I'm just playing. So, <laughs> we should do an episode one of these days where you and I sit and talk, if you'll have me on again, about what we think the most fucked up porn site is and then try to find it while we're talking about it oh. and see how far we put, how far we can legally push the limits and find that porn. Okay. Well, I'm okay with looking for anything that doesn't involve kids or animal torture. Or animals. Like, yep. I, th- it has to be consent. I don't care what two adults do. This is where I draw the line. If you fuck with kids or animals, I want to stab you in the neck. Sorry. This and- is, how it is and that's and that is a fact and again <laughs> there we are <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little looser on that i'm, I'm like I, I don't like animal torture like if you're one of those retards that likes to fuck horses i'm gonna watch you fuck a horse rocket a dog right i'm gonna your hands i'm probably gonna watch right, that shit and him. make fun of you because you're an idiot <laughs> did you watch did you see that mr hands thing that guy that got mounted by the horse and died oh, from oh, it oh god uh, oh it's a thing these yeah. fucking people uh, yeah, it's uh, mm. icky. Guys, uh, animals aren't really meant for, yeah, they're, for that. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're, they're not really. No, stay away. Stay for, away from that. No, yeah, no. We and, should do an episode about that when you have me on again, and we talk about the most fucked up porn we've either been told about or seen and see if we can verify it. Oh, I'm definitely going to have you on again. Within legal ramifications again, folks. Yeah, yeah. Now, Nothing illegal is going to take place. Yeah, that's because that's we don't do that. Now, Dave, if someone wants to send you ideas for those kind of things that we should look up, or 
they want to get a hold of you to be a guest on your show. Um, I'm going to guess if they were a service member or a law enforcement individual, they're going to have a more fucked up sense of humor and would be tight and right for this fucking ball game. Oh. So they'll probably go to the front of the line. Uh, they should probably mention that. But don't be a stolen valor fucker because we'll find you and we'll yes, fuck that fake fucking purple heart. Stole, stole, right stolen valor? I'm, I'm telling you right now. Stolen <laughs> valor fuckers? Fucking hurt you. Yeah, like I I'm going to. <laughs> I, I promise. Stolen valor fuckers? I will go and have a synthetic horse cock made to fucking split you wide open because you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> we will Mr. Hands the fuck out of you. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm talking like. That is on the a, most fucking disgusting shit. I'm talking like on a well, hammer drill DeWalt fucking 3000 gas powered Mr. Hand synthetic horse dick the fuck out of you. Dude, that should be a t-shirt. The DeWalt Mr. Hand synthetic <laughs> horse dick. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great episode is calling out stolen valor folks. I know eventually you were saying you wanted to put video on. Yeah. So I get some of these stolen valor assholes on there and get some other, uh, some other, your fellow other service members, veterans and shit on there. And I, just I talk do talk about why these fuckers are such bags of shit. I do plan on doing uh, a video at some point. Um, cause I'm not scared of what I look like. Although other people might be scared of what I look like. Cause I am. Gross. I don't know. You're, you're a beautiful man. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> uh, but yes, I will be. If you want to get a hold of me uh, or anyone on the Negligent Discharge podcast, uh, like and follow the uh, Facebook page, and you can send messages through there. I will get them. I don't respond right away. Uh, life's a bit hectic, work, stuff like that, because i got to fit this in when I can. But, yeah, absolutely. Jay, absolutely, you are definitely going to be on again and again and again and again. Like, you're probably a recall porn actress in my book. <laughs> I got my Stormy Daniels on. Nice. Um, there will be <laughs> other other uh, fellow friends of mine, men and women. No they thems. No he she's. Uh, no Jenners. Nope. Don't do it. Well, we could find a Jenner or two. N- no. 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 The closest. Well, what if there was a non-relative enlisted Jenner who got a leg lost in fucking Syria and just wants to come on and talk shit about? The name Jenner. No, no, I have. And how it's been sullied. I actually have a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, who is a hundred percent lesbian, and is just like a dude. And I give her shit all the time. And Wait, uh, she's also a service how many member. Percentages of lesbian makes it a lesbian. Does it have to be a hundred percent lesbian to be a lesbian? Or is there? This is a conversation for her, probably. Like I'm talking gold star lesbian, no dick ever type. <laughs> gold star lesbian. <laughs> gold star. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> you never want to win a gold star if you're a veteran. <laughs> this means your poor family had to see you go down at all at Arlington. No, no, no. No, no, no. Gold star, gold star lesbian is different than gold star Arlington. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Um, But, oh, yeah. God, I, we need to come up with something different than gold star for lesbians, bro. Really. It just sounds like we lost you. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what else you would call them. I, like... Well, uh, maybe you should leave that question for her. <laughs> you know what? That's a f- I'm, I'm going to, actually. That'd be wonderful. I'm sure she can help us come up with something different. Listen, <laughs> I appreciate all of you who have listened to this. And if you were offended or upset by anything I said, too fucking bad. If you enjoyed it, mm-hmm. feel free to contact me through the Negligent Discharge podcast Facebook page. 
I'm open to all ideas and all conversations. Jay, it is a pleasure to have you on, as it always will be, and I will continue to have you on. Well, I think I'm still an admin on the dis- the the Facebook page for negligent discharge, so I'll probably see those messages. Yeah, that'd be you. You, you have been you a great give help. Give them an email for negligent discharge, so I don't have to see all of it. Yeah, I, when I come up with one, I'll be sure to publish that. But you have been fantastic, absolutely wonderful. I appreciate all the help that you have given me. Um, everybody else, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I want to thank the guys over at. Autumn's Descent for allowing me the use of their music. Got to get that copyright out there before I get shut down on that nonsense. And, yeah, uh, they're bomb ass for letting me do that. Yeah, they are uh, 100% fucking solid dudes. They are fantastic musicians. Great guys. The albums are awesome. Uh, I pushed them on the Facebook page. Uh, if you don't check them out, you have to. They're great. If you're into that, like, melodic rock, they're fucking awesome that's that's all i could say about them really um and really cool dudes from what the, the email correspondence was or the text correspondence that was pretty rad of them they yeah. weren't even questioning like yeah fucking use it buddy yeah they they're, they're totally cool totally open fucking I, I could not appreciate those guys anymore or thank them anymore um everybody else thank you for your time thank you for listening be sure to tune in and check back often because as this takes off i will be putting up more and more shows And there will be more and more discussions. Thank you all so much.